Coming up, Pastor Xavier Reese submits the simple truths of biblical submission. The word submission means to be subject to another, as you know. It's a military term recognizing the authority, never implying inferiority. But in the biblical sense, it's knowing God's order. All of us submit at one time. Children to parents, wives to husbands, husband and wives to the father from above. Submission and authority are all throughout the Bible. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. You've come a long way, baby, is popular culture's claim that would have us believe the women's rights movement has taken women to a better place in society. But measured against the precepts of Scripture, are all such achievements finding God's favor? Well, in light of the current trends of church leadership in particular, Pastor Xavier puts this age-old question of authority in church to the test with respect to the simple truths of Paul's writing in the epistle of 1 Timothy. Paul the Apostle has confronted the women at Ephesus with the responsibility regarding holiness and the public worship by their manner of dress opposed to the men who are to be leading in prayer in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 2. Having done this, now Paul moves to deal with the woman's harmony in the public worship regarding teaching and her authority over men. The entire idea is that of unity within diversity by the purposeful design to bring about a desired end. And so, as Paul addresses the women here at Ephesus, Paul declares three important truths about the woman's order in public worship. Let me read verses 11 down to 14. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission, and I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Here are the three truths about a woman's order in the public worship. And remember, this is church manual. This is how to conduct himself in the house of God. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. They are particularly to seek to put the church in order. It isn't something culturalists will see, but it's something that's permanent. Here's the three truths. First, the woman is to learn in silence in the public worship. Verse 11. Secondly, the woman is not to learn or have authority over a man in the public worship in verse 12. And then thirdly, the woman is to understand the scriptural reasons that limit her in the public worship in verse 13 and 14. And he lays it right out so we can understand it. The woman is to learn in public worship is the first thing he says. Listen to verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. First of all, we need to understand that Paul is teaching contrary to culture, not what was being culturally accepted. When Paul taught this in his day, he raised eyebrows. All right? The women in Judaism were forbidden to learn the law to an extent. And those who taught women the law, they said, were, quote, casting pearls before the swine. Some said it is better to burn the Torah than to teach it to a woman. 
The woman in the Hebrew culture, though she was esteemed higher than the pagans, was still a low view compared to what God intended. The teaching of Paul must have been turning some heads. <laughs> now, what we're going to teach this morning turns heads, and it will turn heads. Because even a lot of the church is being pressured by the feminist movement to kind of alter the scriptures. So what I'm teaching this morning is not the most accepted, even within the church. But so be it. We must be true to scripture. Notice, secondly, here that Paul is teaching that the woman has spiritual equality before God. The word learn means to increase one's knowledge by inquiry or observation. It is related to the word disciple, which means a learner, a pupil. In fact, the word appears three times in the epistle here in chapter 2, verse 11, 4, 5, 4, and 5, 13. In fact, Jesus uses this word when he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me in Matthew eleven twenty nine. The woman is not intellectually inferior to understand spiritual truths by the Holy Spirit. We must understand that. She has the same capacities as a man. The woman is to have her own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, distinct from her husband. Even though they are one, she has a personal relationship. Spiritual equality before God should never be confused with God's distinctive roles of male and female. Often Christians who are bent by the feminist movement and the politically correct agenda will take scriptures like Galatians 3.28, which says there's no difference between male and female, bond, slave, so on and so forth. There's no difference between male, female, bond, slave, Scythian, barbarian, so on and so forth, before God for forgiveness, for access, but it doesn't do away with the distinctiveness here on earth. If you're a female, you're different than me. And you have a different role than me here. You have no distinction between God. So let's keep it in its context. Thirdly, notice that Paul is teaching how the woman is to learn. And this is the, the, the very key of the verse here. How she's to learn. The woman is to learn in silence. Now don't shut your ears, ladies. Listen to me, okay? We're going to see what that means. And why he's saying that. The command of silence means quietness, describing the life of one who stays at home doing his or her own work and doesn't officially meddle with the affairs of others, marking an attitude at heart. As we move on, we're going to see that this was part of the problem with the women in chapter 5. They're going from house to house meddling. Now, this form of the word appears four times in the New Testament. In Acts 22, 2, remember when Paul was there addressing the crowd before the temple, and he began to speak in the Hebrew tongue, and it says, and they all became silent. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 12, it is used to instruct the disorderly who were going about not working, but being busybodies, and they were to be quiet and eat their own bread. Same word. And then in 1 Timothy 2.2 2 and 1 Peter 3.4, 
the feminist gender of the word appears two times. So here you have the basic meaning. Now, this without any doubt is a direct corrective, as I said, to some of the women, and that's the key to the epistle too. Some have departed. Some women have already gone after Satan. Some, not all. They were following these false teachers, some women, and they were being busybodies and ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 5.13 tells us that, and 2 Timothy 3.6 tells us that. Now, this particular command, some say, is teaching that a woman or the women in Ephesus were, were disrupting the teaching and asking questions of their husbands, others, or even disrupting the teacher. Now, in the text, we can't find that. It may have been happening, but we can't find that in the text here. We do find that in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, and 35, and that was happening. It could have been here, but we can't find it in the text here, all right? The women, Paul says, is to learn in silence with all submission. He's dealing with the aspect of teaching. This is the crux, not the fact of her disruption. The word submission means to be subject to another, as you know, but in the biblical sense, it's knowing God's order. In fact, when we studied the family, we went across this word, the word is hupatasso, to put yourself under. It's a military term recognizing the rank and order and authority, never implying inferiority. All of us submit at one time. Children to parents, wives to husbands, husbands to wives, husbands and wives to the father uh, from above. Submission and authority are all throughout the Bible. Now, this context of this particular submission is to the responsible teaching overseers of the church. Not that a woman is to submit to every man or any man, for her husband is the head of that woman. But when that woman submits to the godly ordained biblical standard, then she is honoring her head. Very important. And then she's called a daughter of Sarah. In 1 Peter 3, 6, have you ever read in the Bible that a woman is called a daughter of Eve? You don't want to be that. You're rebellious. You want to be a daughter of Sarah. Now, notice a little word there all. It describes the degree of her submission to the elders. All means her conformity to all that the scriptures dictate but never beyond or apart from the scriptures, and certainly not to contradict her husband's authority. Very, very important. The majority of the work that is done in the church is carried on by women, and yet God desires the men to be the leaders in the spiritual affairs of the church. In chapter 2 here, he begins his desire, I therefore exhort, first of all, the supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable 
life and all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And he addresses the men. I desire all men to be saved. And he addresses the men to be the leaders. Does that mean that women can't pray? Of course it doesn't. But it means that God wants the men to take the leadership of spiritual matters here in the context, the church. Then he goes on to speak how the women are to back this up in prayer is by the way they live and the way they dress and the way they comport themselves. So they both have their part. This particular command wasn't teaching that the woman couldn't say or do anything in the public worship. For we already have read in 1 Corinthians 11:5 that the woman could pray in the church and the woman could prophesy. So people will read this and go, oh, that is just outrageous. How could he? Well, Scripture interprets Scripture. The woman's already been given the license to prophesy, to pray in the church. She doesn't just come and zip it and don't say a word until you go home. That's not what it's talking about. People take it out of context. The teaching leadership of the church has the responsibility to teach the saints, men and women, so that they can be all that they are to be in Christ Jesus for the edification of the body, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Without respect. But we have different functions. We have different gifts. We have a different order of design according to God. The woman then is to learn in the public worship in silence and in all submissiveness. Notice secondly, in verse 12, the woman is not to teach men in the public worship. He says, and I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And he repeats the word again. Notice first here, Paul is not teaching his own opinion. This is very, very important. He is speaking under the inspiration of the Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, what does it say? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Theoponuso, God breathed, God expired. It's proper for doctrine, correction, instruction. The man of God may be thoroughly furnished into every good work. Either we believe that or we might as well leave here this morning. Either we believe that 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 says that the men of old spoke not of their own origin or their own impulse, but they spoke as they were carried along by the Spirit of God. This is not Paul's personal opinion. This is scripture. It's not his opinion. He's dealing with Timothy on how he should conduct himself in the house of God. He's talking about teaching leadership, those in authority. The command continues on into the next chapter. As he calls for the men, the elders, to be qualified to be in authority. What precedes this? The priority of qualification for prayer, the men. The design is the same. The men are to lead in prayer. The men are the ones in authority here. And the men are the ones that have to meet those qualifications. The only exceptions in verse 8 of chapter 3 for the deaconess. But the, not elders. The command transcends culture, in other words. Because often people, oh, that's cultural. No, it isn't. The command is that Timothy might know how he was to conduct himself in the house of God while in the absence of Paul. He tells him that in 1 Timothy 3, 14. Very, very clear. All right? The command is a constant for church order for the entire church age. 
He will provide in verse 13 and 14 some scriptural reasons for that, and we'll say more when we get there. So they are not cultural, as many declare, in order to appease the feminist movement and the cultural relativity of political correctness of our day. Notice secondly here, Paul is teaching that a woman is not to be a teacher over men or have authority over them, and he's very specific here. The context, again, is the public worship over men. Explained, mean further here, the phrase silence with submission. It's a further explanation of it. The term for man here is never used of a female. It's always used of a male. And it's used in chapter 2, verse 8, uh, uh, 12, 3, 2, 3, 12, and 5, 9. The position is that of presiding teacher over men in the public worship. Teaching doctrine as a pastor teacher. That's what he's talking about. The phrase, I do not permit here, means to turn over something to someone and allow them to do what they desire to do. It's in the present active indicative. To us it means nothing. In the Greek it means everything. It means a continual action. But it's in the negative, pointing to an abiding attitude, not a temporary one. So he says, I do not permit now, never have, never will. That's a good translation. The word teach means to give instruction, but the Greek tense again indicates a teacher, the present infinitive, not just teaching. He's talking about a woman being a habitual teacher over men in the public assembly. That's what he's talking about. You know, we're kind of stuck. God didn't write the Bible in Spanish, English, or Chinese. He wrote it in Greek. And the grammatical syntax and the tense commands us to obey what it says. The matter of authority refers to a self-worker, a master or an autocrat. In simple words, one who domineers or controls. The woman is not to exercise headship, in other words, over men in the public assembly, but she can teach other women, children, under the recognized delegation of the spiritual authority of the leading men. Because later on she's commanded to teach in chapter 5. Teach the younger how to raise their children, love their husbands. Eve, by her sin, overturned the order of God's creation by teaching her husband and he putting himself under her authority. What happened? We're in the mess we're in. That's what happened. Is that chauvinism? No. Is that being a macho man? No. It's just the facts, Jack. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So the woman is not to exercise authority over men in the public worship by teaching as a pastor teacher. Again, here is the same Greek tense as before. The present active infinitive, referring to a continual action, pointing to an abiding attitude and teachable spirit. It's very clear. Now, 
the three leading Greek scholars, A.T. Robertson, Dana Mant and Manti, and, and the fourth Kenneth Weiss, uh, I want to read you something, bear with me, because these are top scholars that have been used for years for people. He says, the correct understanding of Paul's words, I suffer not a woman to teach, are dependent upon the tense of the Greek infinitive and the grammatical rule pertaining to it. In the case of the infinitive, the Greek has a choice between the present or aorist tense. We are looking at the present. And he can use either at will, since the time element in the tense of the infinitive is not considered. When the Greek desires to refer only to the fact of the action denoted by the infinitive, without referring to details, he uses the aorist. Should he use any other tense, he is going out of his way to add details, and the student must pay particular attention to the choice of the tense. That's the case here. It's the present. It's not the aorist. So he's, he's mentioning detail. He's being very specific. In fact, Dana and Manti in their Manual of Grammar of Greek New Testament, which is just tops, and page 199 have this to say about the subject. The aorist infinitive denotes that which is eventual or particular, while the present infinitive, which is ours, indicates a condition of process or process, an ongoing thing. So the aorist would be the word to teach. The present would be to be a teacher. Ours is the present in 1 Timothy 2.12. Talking about being a teacher. Paul therefore says, they say, quote, I do not permit a woman to be a teacher. The context here has to do with the church worship and work. The kind of teacher Paul has in mind is God called, God equipped teacher, recognized by the church as those having authority in the church in the matters of doctrine and interpretation. The prohibition of a woman. To be a teacher does not include the teaching of classes of women, girls, or children in Sunday school, for instance, but does prohibit the woman from being a pastor or a doctrine teacher in the school. It would not be seemingly either for a woman to teach a mixed class of adults. We often say, that's Greek to me. You better pay attention to the Greek. <laughs> Notice thirdly here that Paul is teaching what is consistent with the epistle and the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament certainly did not permit women to teach over men. You will never find a case. The teaching in the synagogue was not done by women. The internal evidence of 1 Timothy, and I, I trust you've read it over and over again, never addresses women to be in authority over men or to be teachers over the congregation, while at the same time, the ongoing subject of doctrine and teaching permeates the epistle of 1st, 2nd Timothy, and Titus. The elder men are said to be the ones who labor in the word and doctrine in chapter 5, verse 17, by the way. The epistle for church order deals much with the women's place as you go through this epistle their public worship, as we've seen, their superstitious stories that we're uh, sharing uh, as genealogies and, and, and speculative things. He later deals in chapter 5 with older and younger widows, how to deal with them, how to treat them. 
He is very concerned that the church follow proper order to be blameless. Pastor Xavier Reese calling on the simple truths of Scripture to accurately describe the role of women in public worship. And we'll have to take a break in this important message for today, but encourage you to join us next time for the conclusion of this study titled, Women, Learning and Teaching. Now, if you won't be able to join us then or have someone else in mind that would appreciate Pastor Xavier's straightforward teaching on this topic, let me suggest you contact us for a copy on CD. They're available, as always, for just $4. Contact us today with that title, Women, Learning and Teaching. Or simply mention today's date. Address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Find out next time why God's restrictions are really our best protection. More Simple Truths ahead with Pastor Xavier Reese. We hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 